and welcome to my podcast, Candidly Single Mom. I'm so excited for our first episode. I am starting this off with a bang. We are actually going to be talking about um, our with children who are raised in single parent households. And I think that this was something that is so important uh, for us as single parents, whether you're a single mother or single father, just to see what it is on the other end as um, a child that has been raised in a single parent household, as they've grown up, as they've become adults, um, their reflections on their experiences. I know for myself, because I have a 15-year-old son, um, I often have the thought of worry um, or worry whether or not he is getting what he needs, being in the house with me, or if he's missing something because his father's not in the household. So this is going to be a great conversation. I have my first guest here with me, someone that I have known um, over the course of the years. I think that he is doing amazing things in the community where he is, and I want to bring him on, and you see him here. His name is Mr. Chris McCants, or I should rather say Principal Chris McCants. Hey, Chris, how's it going? How are you doing? Hey, Janine, how are you? I'm well. I'm well, and I appreciate you inviting me um, to be a part of this podcast. I'm, I'm really honored. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. And I want to allow you some time just to talk about yourself as far as some of the things that you're doing. Give us a little bit of history, um, your principal journey in the mm -hmm. educational sphere, things mm -hmm. that you're doing currently. So, mm -hmm. Well, um, like you said, my name is Chris. Um, I grew up in Florence, South Carolina. Um, graduated from Wilson High School, one of the best high schools in South Carolina, <laughs> I think. Um, but I began my uh, my educational journey uh, by attending North Greenville University. Uh, I was a music education major, and I realized very quickly that I can love music and not major in music because, because it was tough. Mm. Um, but I uh, finished North Greenville with a uh, degree in communications. Um, I then uh, started traveling with the singing group for a little bit right after I graduated with college, and we toured, you know, all over the all over the the world pretty much. Um, and then once I came off the road, I decided to get a job teaching um, character and abstinence education. Um, and it was abstinence until marriage. Um, and we know that in order for students to, our kids to um, be absent until marriage, you know, it takes that character building component to make that happen. So um, I did that in um, the public schools in Greenville County. Um, and then I was moved to Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, where I uh, took part in a Mathematica study um, with the same company, um, which was an awesome experience. Um, and from my going into these schools and seeing the need for uh, teachers who look like me, um, that was mm -hmm. propelled me to go back to school and, and get my master's in education. And I got that in English and I began teaching uh, in Georgia. Um, and it was my my principal at, at my school who, who said McCann's, um, I wouldn't be a leader if I saw leadership potential in somebody and didn't pull it out. So he's who got me into really into leadership because I really wasn't thinking about it. Um, I then went on to uh, Furman University and received a, a degree um, in school leadership um, and became an assistant principal in 2012, became a principal in 2015. Um, and now the current school that I'm at is the same school that I taught at and I was assistant principal. So, um, and that's Florence Chapel Middle, and I've been principal there mm -hmm. since 2019. Wow, wow, and you've got something new that you're doing as well, right? You are you are part of a group of consultants, right? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, a group of other professional uh, administrators in different districts across South Carolina, the upstate South Carolina, decided just to put together a consulting group um, to help people um, develop in leadership. We just saw a lack there, um, mm. especially for people who look like us again, you know, um, there was a lack there and we just saw the need to put together this consulting group, um, of 11 guys. We all have strengths in different areas, um, where we can go into, um, into different systems and just kind of infiltrate those systems, you know, talking about leadership, but also talking about, um, how to lead and guide, you know, young African-American boys as well, because we know they learn differently. And oftentimes 
um, because they learn differently um, and they're not getting what they need in the classroom, they tend to act out and people tend to see this as a, as a huge problem. Um, mm-hmm. But we want to go in and, and help people understand this is how you have to work with our, our boys. So I'm excited about so that. Um, we've been uh, on several podcasts and, you know, things have just been really picking up with us and God has been blessing and, and multiplying, you know, um, our opportunities. That's so good. And it's so needed. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I get triggered when you talk about, <laughs> and this is probably for another time, but when you talk about kids acting out in school and mm-hmm. and what's being perceived mm-hmm. as bad behavior, but not really getting to the root of the problem. Because when you, when you, when you a, peel back those layers, you know, right. you, you'll, you'll really actually see what's, what's, what's going on. And, and that's what the, the issue is, you know, because you can discipline, you know, giving them discipline or sending them home. That's putting a Band-Aid on it. Still not getting to the root of that problem. And that's where right. I want to get to the root of the problem of what's going on. Gosh, you know what? I, and I know we're talking about, you know, your life experiences being mm-hmm. raised in a single parent household. Mm-hmm. But you have to come back because we have to have a conversation about um, bias Absolutely. when it comes to single Implicit parents in yes. the yeah. school and the oh, educational yeah. system. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had an experience. We're not going to go into that today okay. with our Well, podcast, I'd love to. I'd love but to. Yeah. yeah, that's that's something that is dear to my heart as well, as far as just helping other single parents understand the educational system, right. just because of the experiences I've had with both of my children and mm-hmm. what I've experienced as far as bias is concerned. Um, boy, I tell you what. So yeah. we'll, we'll bring yeah. you back. We're going to have a whole yeah. other segment on that. We're going to bring you back. Yes, but ma'am. I do want you to talk more about your... Um, life as far as how you grew up in a single parent household Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just understanding that for for you um i know that you have siblings as Mm -hmm. well um so just give us a little bit of a background you know in your youth how did that happen you know as as far as you being in a single parent household whether your parents are married or not Mm -hmm. um if you want to share Mm -hmm. absolutely well, um, like you said, um, I'm, I'm the youngest of three, so um, I was able to kind of watch my brother and sister get in trouble and then kind of learn from that, from, from mm-hmm. them. So being the youngest in that aspect of it has its benefits. Um, but I tell you, I was raised by one of the strongest women I know. And I, I already told you that when I talk about my mom, I'm, I'm, I'm a little soft and um, I get a little, little emotional about it because um, it wasn't until I became an adult that I realized the sacrifices, sacrifices that she made in order for us to um, have what we have um, to put us through school and, you know, just different things like that. But of course, you know, um, mm-hmm. growing up in the 80s, you know, um, 90s, things were very difficult. It was rough for us. Hey, from, don't, you know, my don't mom give away it. the age. Yeah. Don't give away the age. I'm joking. <laughs> well, hey, I, Go ahead. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, it was difficult for my mom to make ends meet. And, and we saw that, you know, um, she didn't necessarily share um, mm-hmm. all the time, the, you know, the struggles that she was going through, but we saw it in, you know, asking for certain things that we couldn't get because she didn't have the money. You know, um, we saw it in, you know, coming home and, you know, uh, from school and having a, a, a sign on the door, you know, one of those little hanging tags where the power company has come and turned off our power, mm. you know? So, um, and it got to the point where I would have a complex sometimes when I would get off the school bus and walk up to the door you know, um, just wondering if one of those tags is going to be on that door and we don't have power, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, those are some of the things that we, we went through, but you know, somehow the other, my mom made, made things work. Um, you know, um, my dad was, you know, in my life, but you know, as far as the everyday, you know, making sure that I was clothed, making sure I was fed, making sure if I, if I was sick, you know, who's taking care. My mom took care of all that stuff, you know, and she did it. Um, and I know there were times where, you know, it was rough for her and she, you know, wanted to throw her hands up and or throw in the towel, but she never did. She never did. Um, you know, we were loved and we felt the love, you know, um, and we were nurtured. You know, um, we didn't have everything that we wanted, but we definitely had needs. Um, our needs were supplied. Um, you know, I, I can remember spending uh, kindergarten through what fifth grade we lived in um, the projects. Um mm-hmm you know, uh, in the city that I grew up in. And, you know, and I just thought during that time, I was thinking, we're never going to move out of this, these apartments. We're, we're never going. And then one day, you know, my mom said, we're moving. 
you know, um, and from that point on, you know, she just worked and, and, and struggled to make ends meet, you know, um, mm-hmm. but just like any single parent home, you know, um, there are tough times financially, tough times financially. We definitely went through those, but those tough times um, really is what motivated me to be a better me, um, yeah. motivated me to do well so that I can help take care of my mom at some point and, and try to thank her for, you know, the sacrifices that she made, you know, um, it wasn't until I got older that um, she told us about, you know, uh, times when she would wash her clothes in, in the sink sometimes um, and not buy herself new clothes just so that right. we can have, you know. Um, yeah. So um, I, I, I definitely am so appreciative of, of my mom and the sacrifices that she's made. Yeah. So the question I do have for you, because I know that you talk about it more as a reflection on noticing and or realizing the sacrifices that your mom made. Uh-huh. Um, but when you were presently, you know, in the moment as a child, did you, you know, other than seeing the signs on the door, um, as far as the electric company cutting the power off mm-hmm. and things like that, were you fully aware or did you just have some sort of understanding? Yeah. Um, or would you just say that you were just, you know, being a kid? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, growing up, I was just being a kid and, and not realizing, you know, um, what it took to make a household run. Um, but mm-hmm. as I got older, you know, middle school, high school, and I began to really realize, okay, we're struggling. We, we don't have a lot, you know. Um, yeah. You know, um, one thing about it is, you know, my mom kept us in church. Um, and I think, you know, just being in church and being a part of church helped me understand that, you know, um, not to develop any resentment toward that because, you know, you want to blame your mom. Well, mom, why can't you get another job? Why can't I have this? Why can't, you know, and you want to blame your dad, you know, um, why, why mm-hmm. aren't you there? Why aren't you, you know, doing a little bit more, you know? Um, but thankfully um, I didn't develop any resentment or, or bitterness out of um, our lack um, as a family. You know, I think again, it just motivated me to want to do, to do better and to be better. Right. Um, yeah, so. Right. How did it affect you as far as your self-esteem? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, of course, you don't have the latest fashions. You don't have the latest shoes that, you know, your your, your peers have. And, you know, there be sometimes people will say things, you know, um, in jest or, you know, just are just being mean, you know, about mm-hmm. different things. Because me and my brother shared clothes, you know, and, and <laughs> we had to. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we wore each other's clothes and sometimes he'd wear an outfit or and the following week I'd wear it. You know, we just had to do that. Um, and, you know, people would make comments and say things. But, you know, um, you know, again, it was motivation for me to to to, to have a better life and do to do well, you know, um, in my studies. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely affects and has plays a part of your psyche. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, will we ever get out of this rut? You know, will we ever have the things that other people have? Will we ever have the things that some of my cousins have, you know, um, whose whose families were doing better than than us? Um, yeah. So it definitely plays a, a mental a mental game. And, and, and now, even to this day, um, when I come home, I take off my clothes. I take off my my good clothes and I hang them up because that's what I had to do growing up um, mm. so that we can preserve them so that they can last a little bit longer, you know, because there's no telling when we get some new, new, you know, new clothes or anything like that. So, so even to this day, I take them off and I hang them up to take care of them. And I've had Mm -hmm. clothes that I've been wearing for the past 10 years that I still wear because I've been taking good care of them um, just out of habit that growing up and, you know, um, knowing the lack that, you know, comes from, you know, um, not taking care of, of your clothes or whatever and knowing that, hey, you may not get anything for a while. So that still that that still plays in my in my head and still plays in my mind. Yeah. I, I keep, you know, clothes a lot that I, I need to give away. Um, but I just hold on to them for a little bit longer because I'm thinking, you know, what if what you if something know. happens? What if something happens and I, and I need clothes and, you know, I don't have clothes. So, you know, um, it's just those situations. Yeah, it, it does play. Yeah. Play on your play on you psychologically. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the one thing that I know, um, as when you're talking, just the fact that you had older siblings, yeah. um, you know, that were able to probably 
handle some of um, the responsibilities that otherwise would be maybe another parent or a father would come in. So uh, did you feel, even though you were in the household, it was just your siblings and your mother, did you feel like there was a, a larger community um, or village that you were a part of? I don't know that I felt that village experience. I really don't because I think mm -hmm. growing up again in the projects, everybody was struggling, you know, um, and while, you know, we had neighbors that would tell my mom, you know, if we did something bad in the community, you know, our neighborhood or whatever, um, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, encouragement going on. Um, there mm -hmm. wasn't, I, I didn't hear anything about bettering myself, you know, through education from anybody in my community. Um, I think it wasn't until um, I had an older cousin who uh, who went to college and me, him and his sister would hang out, you know, and it was because of my uh, hanging out with them that I really began to be interested um, in going to college because they would talk about mm -hmm. their college experiences. And, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind experiencing that, you know, um, and it was out of that um, connection that um, I wanted to go to college. But um, other than, you know, talking about having a community um, I didn't have that. I didn't sense that. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't go to the boys and girls club at the school. My mom didn't allow us to do stuff like that. Um, I played baseball, but you know, at this, you know, at that same token, you know, I go to practice and come home, you know, but as far as having mm -hmm. adults to look up to who I felt like were successful that I can emulate, um, I didn't have that village. That wasn't my, my story. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, even as you're talking about that, because you sound like, um, you know, even though you had your brothers and sisters and you had mm -hmm. your family, but you were just focused on once you came to the realization mm -hmm. that this is not the life that you want to live, right. that you became right. focused on, mm -hmm. okay, let me do what I need to do in order to have something better. Absolutely. Has your mom mm -hmm. ever talked about... Um, you know, as you are older and as you're an adult, has she ever talked about any types of being worried for mm -hmm. you as a male, being worried for your brother um, in that environment where you guys were living when you were younger? Well, I do know that um, there was a point in time, there's a period in time when my mom worked, I think, second shift, which was mm -hmm. to 11. Um, but she she did she did talk about it. she said Lord please protect my kids and please watch over my kids and and fortunately um, you know no you know danger came near us during that time uh, so mm -hmm. yeah so would you say that you were um, a kid as growing up someone that followed the rules or did you feel like you might have been influenced by outside um, people just maybe because you you might have needed that sense of family you know what i mean like yeah, maybe you felt yeah. like you were lacking something i think you know to answer that question when i think about it um as a young child uh i think i kind of marched to the beat of my own drum mm -hmm. I, I think if my mom and some of my other relatives would 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 tell you i think they'd tell you that i marched to the beat of my own drum just a little bit to the point mm -hmm. where I think my older brother and my older sister would, um, I could tell them what to do. Um, and oh, they wow. kind of fall in line. Um, mm -hmm. But I kind of marched to the beat of my own drum and, and just kind of had a carefree attitude um, just about things. But I tried as much as possible to follow the rules because I didn't like getting in trouble. Um, okay. But, um, you know, but then I had that mischievous side as well, you know, where I'd mm -hmm. sneak and do things that I knew I wasn't supposed to do. Uh, and, Blame it on my brother or sister, you know. You know oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I yeah, I had those times. But as far as, again, you know, there wasn't really anybody in the community that I, I, I could emulate, you know, um, in a positive way and say, I want to be like that person, that per you know, mm -hmm. um, growing up. But um, I kind of marched to the beat of my own drum and set the, set the pace myself, the cadence myself. So, yeah. So as far as your relationship with your father, because you talked mm -hmm. about him being kind of around, mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily always checking in. Um, and then you said that you don't hold any resentment, mm -hmm. uh, which is, 
I would tend to think is very rare because yeah. you hear a lot of stories yeah. where um, young men, now adults, still hold that resentment against their father because they weren't present. Yeah. Can you talk more about that as far as your experience? Absolutely. Um, yeah, my dad was an avid baseball player and, you know, played like the Bush League baseball. So those were the times that he and I got together when he was playing baseball. You know, I'd go to his games. He taught me how to play baseball, and, and when I started playing and, and, and got pretty good, um, he would, you know, of course, come to the games, and, of course, he would coach from the sidelines. Um, you know, and there would be weekends when I'd go, of course, and spend the weekend at his house. But, you know, yeah, it wasn't until, um, you know, I, 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 get, I became an adult that I was able to let that go, to let that resentment, mm -hmm. you know, the resentment that I, that I think I did have, you know, especially in college. Um, but it wasn't until I was, um, you know, uh, much older and, and you know, and a mature adult that I was able to, to, to forgive him, even with him asking, mm -hmm. without him asking for forgiveness. Um, but I was able to forgive him um, and 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 really um, move forward. And I think that's when God began really opening doors in my life that, you know. Um, to show me that he has a plan. He has a perfect plan for me. And, and ultimately he is my father. You know, he is the supplier of all my needs, you know? Um, so, you know, and it wasn't until after my dad's death that I, I, I was able to forgive and, and, and release that resentment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was after his death. He, you know, um, but I feel like right before he passed away, he tried to make things right. Um, even between mm -hmm. he and my mom, you know, um, because there were tense, there was tension sometimes in their relationship, you know, trying to co-parent mm -hmm. um, because, you know, she's saying, I need this, I need this. And my dad, you know, was like, well, I'll get it to you when I can get it to you, you know. Um, and my dad worked right. the same job um, as long as I can remember him working. He's had that same job. He's always worked um, and has always been a hard worker. But um, I don't know whether... You know, he still kind of, you know, care for my mom and my mom had moved on or whatever. And he just kind of mm -hmm. said, I'm not going to do anything, you know. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, he, he, you know, he took care of me. If I called and said, Dad, I need, you know, this, that and the other, you know, he'd get it to me. You know, he'd get it to me. But, but as far as the nurturing, as far as having a sit-down conversation, you know, with mm -hmm. my dad about what it is to be a man, you know, how to take care right. of the family you know, how to pay, you know, um, bills, you know, um, how to treat a woman, you know, I didn't have that. I didn't get that. And, and the things that I learned, I did learn in the streets, you know, which aren't mm -hmm. good, good practices. So, um, right. so I had to do a lot of unlearning, um, as an adult. And sometimes that can be a little bit too late because you put yourself in situations where you set yourself up, could set yourself up, self up financially, um, mm -hmm. for hardship, um, relationship wise, you could set yourself up, you know, having a baby outside of marriage, you know, you can set yourself up for um, for some hard times, you know. Um, right. Yeah. So, so you felt like you um, lacked that whole um, somebody teaching you how to be a man. Definitely. Definitely. As you grew up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 And is it, do you think that that is important? Because you hear a lot of people say that, you know, it takes a man to raise a boy to be a man, you mm -hmm. know, and not necessarily me as a mother or any of the single moms, mm -hmm. you know, can kind of teach their son how to be a man. What do you think about that? Because I, I kind I, of I'm on the fence. Yeah, so I, 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 I can agree with that from the male perspective and, and going through it mm -hmm. as a boy now a man yes there are absolutely things that my mom couldn't teach me that i needed a man to teach me you know um again i needed a man to teach me how to treat a woman i don't think my mom mm -hmm. it's just you know her perspective of saying this is how you should treat a woman i mean would suffice you know what i mean um because she's right. a woman and i'm just thinking she's just saying that because she's a woman you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but as far as yeah you know um just being a responsible man, being a man who, who gives back to the community, who, who you know, in, you know, gives back to society. Yeah, I, I needed that. I needed that. I needed, you know, somebody to talk to teach me how to shave, or, you know, I needed mm -hmm. somebody to tell me about, you know, when things are going on in my body, you know, to talk about, hey, Dad, what, what, what's going on with this? You know, I don't. Yeah. You know, you know, and those are things. Conversation. Even though my mom was very open with us, um, when it came to. Um, 
you know, sexual conversations or whatever, teaching us about the birds and the bees or whatever. She was very open with us about that. But at the same time, she's my mom, you know, and, and right. there's certain things I'm not going to share with her that I would have shared with my dad, you know, um, yeah. or, you know, uh, or male role model that I could talk to, you know, who can kind of guide me and tell me what's going on. Even, you know, changing the oil in the car. That's something mm-hmm. I don't know how to do because I've never been taught that, you know, um, you know, I can change a tire, but, you know, but that that's as far as it goes. That's as far as it goes, you know, but um, but just some of those things that I need, you know, I wish I would have learned, you know, how to take a, a wrench or whatever and just fix on things in the house, you know, the, 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 you know, to put things back together, you know. So, yeah, I definitely feel like there are things that a man can teach boys yeah, that a woman can't can't. And and I, not to say that a woman um, is any less, you know, um, strong or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. again, you know, my mom wasn't getting up under a car to change oil. It showed me how to change the oil, you know. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, those are some things that I wish I would have would have gotten. You know, how to be, you know build a treehouse or how to you know build a dog. You know, just anything yeah. like that. Putting a fence, you know, how to build a fence and all that stuff. You know, so yeah, definitely. I feel like there there are attributes that could have carried me through um, other situations in life had I had those conversations. So let me ask you a question because. Um you talk about these things now that you wish you had, but did you notice when you were younger that these are certain staples of um, growing up as a young male that you needed to learn? Did you notice that you were missing those? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Again, yeah. it wasn't until I became an adult and, and was able to reflect um, mm-hmm. because th- some of those skills I needed as an adult that had I gotten as a boy, I think you know certain decisions that I made, I wouldn't have made. Right, yeah. right. And so I say, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with that because because you talk about, you know, generations, right? And how things are kind of different when it comes to male roles and female roles. And so there's certain things that we've been ingrained, you know, we're around the same age yeah. um, as far as this is a man's duty and this is what a woman's duty is, our mm-hmm. role is. Mm-hmm. But we're noticing now, even with the newer generations coming in, that that's kind of changing. Um, there's still, I think, some staples that young men need to know how to do. But yet again, as a mother of a young man, and you know, you're proving my case wrong, Chris. Let's just say that I feel like I can kind of teach him, you know, some manly things. And so when we have those conversations about growing up and puberty mm-hmm. and your body changing, and then now at 15, if you want to date, this whole sex conversation and, you know, making him cut the grass and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I feel like in certain ways, I'm trying to groom him in that respect, mm-hmm. but what the one thing that you said that was kind of key is that you know you're like well that's my mom like mm-hmm. she was very open about this but that's my mom i'm not gonna <laughs> tell right, her right, things right, and right. that makes me think well i wonder if my son has those same feelings you mm-hmm. know yeah. and i feel like we have open conversation and we mm-hmm. can talk about a lot of stuff um you know i embarrass him sometimes but that's okay <laughs> but you're i feel like to. if i don't tell him well that's true yeah but if i don't tell him right. these things i don't want him to fall into those traps right because he's following after friends right. who might not even have that structure in the household either right you're right you know he's yeah, trying right. to find community amongst men right right um and, and it's he almost doesn't have to me, that it's, it's almost like a, a thirst like mm. for the longest time, I didn't know what it was, you know, growing mm-hmm. up in it. I didn't know what it was, but it was almost like you knew something was missing. Um, it was almost like mm. a thirst that you needed to get satisfied. You know what I mean? Um, right. And it wasn't until again, I became an adult and God placed, you know, godly men around me um, mm-hmm. that I was able to to kind of glean from from them. Um and, and, and I felt then at that point in time, okay, this is what I needed. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I needed. And you know, that thirst, that quenching of that thirst was was satisfied. You know, so um, yeah, you know, of course I couldn't articulate it growing up. You know, I, I just felt like I need something, I need it, I need something, you know. Um, yeah, you felt something was missing yeah, and you didn't I, know I what it was. It. I need it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, you know, yeah, again, and, and that didn't happen to me until college. Wow. Yeah. So how was your experience in college? 
Because um, you're away from your family. Yeah. You're among people, you know, this is like culture shock, yeah. I would think. Because yeah. you're, you know, people of different backgrounds. So mm -hmm. how did that affect you as being in a single parent household? Yeah. Um, well, I think it was the best thing I could have done. Um, mm. Because while we were in a single parent home struggling, um, my family is very tight. Um, and I needed to to break away in a sense, you know, um, you, so that I can gain some independence, so I can gain some maturity as well. Um, but here's what I realized once I went to college. I realized that there are people who live in two-parent homes who have it worse off, in, worse off than I did. You know, you um, I didn't have yeah. to worry about it. I didn't have to listen to my parents fight, you know, at least not every night or whatever. You know, there were times when they get on that phone and they'd go back and forth, you know, mm -hmm. or sometimes if mm -hmm. he's coming to pick me up and, you know, she says a little smart lower remark or whatever and smart he'll quit remark. back. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to really live with that, you know. Um, and so I hear, I would hear stories from my, my, um, my peers, my college peers, talking about their parents fighting and, you know, the dad's mm -hmm. having an affair and how this affected the family and different things like that. So um, I felt like sometimes I said, well, I, I'm good. I, I, I'm all right. <laughs> you know, um, right. in the way that I grew up, but you know, because when I listen to their stories, you know, I'm like, Oh, Hey, somebody's got it worse off than I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me it wasn't a, a, as a matter of trying to look and see who was worse off, but you know, you always think that, okay, if I'd have grew up in a, a two parent home, things would have been a lot different. You know, mm -hmm. um, but that made me realize that, hey, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did your mom ever talk about um, why her, you know, your dad and her were not together? Did she ever felt like she needed to explain that to you? No, um, she didn't. Um, and we and we really don't talk about it. Uh, my mom was mm -hmm. married before I was born. Um, and that's when she had my brother and my sister. Mm -hmm. um, with their dad. Um, we have different dads. So, um, okay. and she and my dad dated for several years and then, you know, I came along or whatever, but, um, but she didn't want to get married again because she just come out of a marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, um, and sometimes, you know, I, I, I would go through the feeling of, well, who do I belong to? Cause you know, you know, when you think about it, biologically people would say that me and my brother and sisters are happy brothers and sisters, but mm -hmm. us growing up, you know, together in the same house, we, we don't even look at it. We don't even bring that up in our vocabulary. You know, it's right. we're, we're brothers and sisters and, and there's no half in it, you know, but, um, again, as I got older and began to reflect, I was like, well, who, well, who do I belong to? You know, right. I have my mother's mom. I have my, my last name is my mother's married last name, which the, the, that person is not my father. You know, so right. I'm going through now the process of, of, of changing my last name, you know, um, to my mom's maiden name um, because I don't feel connected to the my current last name because it's not my family. In mm. other words, you know, um, right. Again, you know, my mom was married before I was born. So um, and, and and she just said back in the day, Chris, you know, if something like that happened, the child just took on the mom's last name. You know, right. So, that's that's interesting um, that you had the feeling of who you who do I belong to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long did you carry that? I like, still was carry this, it. Do you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have you ever um, considered for yourself? And this is, you know, one of the things that um, when we talk about black community and counseling, um, and that's kind of a taboo, yeah. even to this day, believe it or not. Have you ever considered that that was something that you needed for yourself? Have you ever done that as a result of you? Yeah, yeah. I consider yeah. that. I consider that now, and I'm about to, you know, I'm looking to um, having that 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 talk. Um, yeah, um, because I feel like the the older I get, the more questions I have sometimes, and the more I want to, I have a sense of, you know, again. I want a, a last name that I feel, you know, um, mm -hmm. encompasses me, who, who defines me, you know, and mm -hmm. it's crazy. People say it's just a last name, but you know, the word tells us there's something, there's value in, 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 in a name, you know, You're in, right. in what you name something that, you know, so, um, yeah, 
So. And it's getting you to a sense of of true identity. Right. Right. Because even even listening to you, um, you know, growing up and experiencing what you have and learning at a later stage of life, um, the things that you maybe you should have had, but still going on that path of not understanding truly who you are just yeah. based on just some of the experiences, you know, just life choices that um, are circumstances that you didn't have a say in. Right, right. And so I think, you know, even as I'm listening to you talk and as I'm considering my children, um, helping to reaffirm who they are yeah. and the identity That's of important. who they are. That's important. Yeah, and, and, and especially for my son. So yeah, even especially. though he has a father and even though his father is in his life for the most part, mm-hmm. um, but there's still those gaps of um, not having that day to day, you know, and um, me having to step in and just reaffirm like you are loved. We loved you. You know, right. we were in a loving marriage. You know, mm-hmm. we loved each other. So helping him understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, of course, and I'll be honest, um, we've been to counseling as a family together because I felt like that was necessary. Yeah. Like we needed to have that. Mm-hmm. And especially for my son, I'll tell you, and, and you can probably talk about your experience in that middle school age. Mm-hmm. You're a principal at, it's a middle school, right? Yeah, so I you am. know, yeah. you know middle schoolers. <laughs> so know. there's something around that age of um, puberty getting ready to start yeah. or hitting yeah. where they start questioning themselves. And, um, and so it was really tense in the household because mm-hmm. I felt like he was really questioning a lot of things about just the structure, about me as an authoritarian person, mm-hmm. you know, a parent, you know, person of authority, um, whether to respect me or not. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, is that something that, um, because I see that, I've seen that in my son and I don't necessarily see that in my daughter. But is that something that you can kind of relate to? Oh, yeah. Um, or is that something that you've seen with other young young men that are in single parent households? Like, is that age group transitioning into um, an adolescence? Is that a lot harder it is. for them? It is because, okay. you're, because your body is doing things that you that it hadn't done before. Your, your mind is starting to say things, you know, tell you things that that it hadn't before. Um, it's, it's like you're 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 more aware of of, mm-hmm. of what's around you. You're you're more aware of you know um, that I may not fit in with this group. You're more aware of certain things like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I did. I went through that same phase. You know um, where I wanted to talk back and just you know um, mm-hmm. press my luck. Um, in other words, yeah. And I feel like sometimes also in looking back, it was also. You know, um, not really understanding the the, the dyna- dynamics of a single parent home. I think mm-hmm. for a while, I, I not for a while, but I think it could have went in my mind that you know, um, well, why can't we have certain things? Why why can't mm-hmm. you do this? Why, 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 you know, you know, um, I want this. I want you know. Why why can't I have it? You know, why can't right. I have it? why can't I do it? You know. Um, and you feel like mom's just isn't adequate enough to, you know, to, to lay, lay down a law like she needs to um, because she's mom, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think most guys try. They're going to test the limits um, in this age group. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they do test the limits and test the water, especially when there's not a, a man around who can say, you know, hey, because when I'm with my dad, when I was with my dad, all my dad had to do was all he had to do was look at me and I, right. and I straighten up. You know, I'd straighten up. But mama, I'm going to take her around the bend. I might talk back a little bit and get right. popped in the mouth, or, um, you know, or right. you know, just do some little snot, little, little, you know, you know, or just kind of keep her going. You know, but dad, you know, um, I didn't do that to dad. I didn't do that. To him. I never talked back to my dad, you know. Um, right. You know, like I said, all he had to do was look at me and I'll. And you, you know, straighten up. And I See? straighten up. And, then yeah. I'm, and I'm telling you, that's the same thing. And I, <laughs> and I realized that um, because, you know, we co-parent pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And when they're over there with him, and which the best thing is that they go for the summer, right? Mm-hmm. So they have three months to spend with their dad and have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the fun parent. But the <laughs> discipline, when he tells them to do something, they'll do it. 
So that means that their rooms are cleaner, their bathroom, they, you know, but yeah. here it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I have to raise my voice. It's almost like theatrics at yeah. some point. Yeah. <laughs> in but order for them to like do stuff. Presence. You know, it is almost that yeah. presence. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, my grandfather is somebody who's very, very influential in my life. Um, and really in, in developing from a boy to a man, he, he was the one mm -hmm. who kind of helped groom me with that. Um, but um, he was another one. His presence could, could solace a room, you know. Right. Um, and, and I think sometimes people say, well, it don't take a man to do that. But, you know, even now when I go into certain classrooms in my, in my school, I can just walk mm -hmm. in and not say anything. And there's a hush that falls over the room. I can go into a cafeteria of about 300 kids and raise my hand, not open my mm -hmm. mouth or raise my hand. They immediately mm -hmm. get quiet. And these are middle school people, um, mm -hmm. but it's the presence. It's, it's the presence that you carry. And I think there's a presence that men carry, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it was designed to be that way, right. to get that respect, to have to be that authority figure, you know, um, and when it's done right, uh, you know, there, there are no issues. I don't think, you know, there are no issues with the students. I, I, the kids. I agree with you. Yeah, I but I see it all the time. I have moms, single moms who come into my office, you know, they're crying. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, they're at their wits end. They don't know what else mm -hmm. to do, you know. Um, and that same son that goes home and disrespects them sits in my office like a gentleman and speaks to that mm -hmm. mom respectfully because I'm not going to have mm -hmm. it any other, any other way, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just, you know, with everything going on in their bodies at this point in time, this middle school age, you know, um, mm -hmm. the chemical changes and, you know, hormonal type things going on. I think, you know, somewhere in there, it convinces them that they're older than they actually are <laughs> and they have more wisdom that they actually do. Um, and so it does cause them to act out. It does cause them to act out. Some, some, some yeah. guys, not all guys, but yeah, sometimes. Well, I tell you, I got over that hump. So thank yeah. the Lord. Yeah. We've there's got hope. maturity in the there's household. Hope. I'm a witness that there's hope. I'm a witness that there's yeah. hope. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about mentors and mm -hmm. the importance of having a mentor for your male son Yeah, um, and how much of a difference that makes. I know that you talk about your experience mm -hmm. of having absolutely. your grandfather mm -hmm. and then when you got older, you had mentors. Um, and I really want you to talk about that, you know, based on your personal experience, but also based on you being a principal and you're a mentor as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely. Um, believe in the value of mentorship. Um, and, and again, had it not been for mentorship, there before the grace of God go I. Uh, my life would be a totally different story. I know that mm -hmm. for a fact that um, just having that influence again, you know, I didn't I didn't get it until I was, uh, you know, older. Um, mm -hmm. But but it's so important to have somebody you can you can you can emulate somebody that you can look at and say, you know what, I aspire to be like them, not necessarily them, but like them. I love the mm -hmm. path that they're going on, you know. Um, and then it's somebody that you can trust to kind of talk to as well, you know. Um, when you're having those difficult decisions that you need to make, you know, um, decisions that, you know, nobody talked to you about. You know, again, growing up in a single parent home, my mom didn't teach me about finances, you know, because she was living, we were living paycheck to paycheck, you right. know, so it wasn't like a residual income that she had where we can go on vacations and do different things like that. You know, that didn't happen, you know, but, um, again, you know, God surrounded me around, um, older guys who, who kind of took me in, you know, saw the need, um, mm -hmm. before I knew that's what I needed, you know, um, and they kind of mm -hmm. guided me, um, definitely in the spiritual path, but that led to, of course, you know, um, the mentorship, um, mm -hmm. And I began mentoring a young man um, in 2009 and started with him in fifth grade and continued working with him, high school, college. And, and we still currently are, you know, he calls me pops, you know, and our relationship is just that, that tight. That's good. But I do know that had I not been an influence in his life, his life, you know, trajectory could have been a totally different path as well, um, because he has older siblings who um, a couple, you know, a couple of them who, who do things that, you know, wouldn't be an ideal example for him, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, he calls me now, you know, um, for, you know, financial advice, you know, 
investing in life, you know. Um, and, and, and to me, even though I don't have any biological children, he's the closest thing to a child or son that I, I feel like I have, yeah. you know. Um, so there is power in mentorship. There, there is power mm-hmm. in mentorship. Yeah. Um, and I will push that until the day God calls me home, you know, um, because mm-hmm. I've seen it firsthand, lived it. Um, and now that I mentored him, I've ta- taught him how to become a mentor to other people as well. You know, and, and even though he's young, he seems wise beyond his age because we talk mm-hmm. and we talk about bringing somebody in with you, pulling somebody up, you know. Um, so um, that's yeah, really good. I definitely value that's that. really good. I definitely value mentorship. So um, let's talk about the single mom then who mm-hmm. has a son who is worried because she might not have community um, or the father might not be as present in the life of the child and she doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. and maybe she's thinking that you know i i can pray and there's power in prayer and i yeah. believe that yeah. wholeheartedly um but i'm still worried i don't know who my son is going to be how he's going to turn out i don't know if i'm going to do a, be am i am i doing a good job i just don't know so what would you say to that single mom um Wow, that's a, that's a huge question. Um, yeah, because it's so important. Um, I definitely, you know, continue to tell her to continue to do what she's doing to, um, you know, speak life into him. Um, but if the son is interested in any type of recreational sports, you know, um, basketball, baseball, football, become involved um, in some type of recreational sports where he's around other boys, he's around other men. You know, um, and just giving him that influence, um, you know, that way, um, you know, big brothers and big sisters programs, you know, um, that, you know, most communities offer would be um, an option, I would think, you know, to have Mm -hmm. that, again, a male influence in his life, because there are people who want to be mentors um, and they're looking for a mentee, you know. um, So I, I feel like now more than ever, we have a lot of a lot more options, you know, at our fingertips as it, as it relates to, um, you know, being um, role models and examples for young boys than I had growing up, you know. So um, definitely seek out those opportunities to um, surround him around other boys. And, and in that sense, when there's other boys present, there's going to be older men typically who um, mm-hmm. have taken that role, you know, either as a father or either as a mentor who's going to see this young boy who who needs somebody and they'll get him and they'll, they'll pick him up. They'll pick him up. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think even, um, saying it's not too late for your son to be mentored. No, you know, if he's in high school age or if he's a young adult, yeah. And um, he's a young, knowing that it's not too late. Yeah. And my mentee's 20, 22, 23 now, you know, and Mm -hmm. again, I started when he was 10 years old, you know, um, and again, he calls me all the time. You know, he calls me not as much as he used to. You know, he's getting older now, but I'm um, starting his mm-hmm. own, you know, his life or whatever. Um, but he still calls. He still texts. And, you know, Pops, I just wanted to check on you. You know, um, I do the same thing for him. I hadn't heard from you. How's it going? How's everything going? Yeah. You know, um, and there are a couple of situations um, in a senior year that um, I really felt like a dad because I thought I was going to have to put my hands around his neck. Ring his neck. <laughs> but, you know, um <laughs> I practice restraint, but, um, mm-hmm. but you know, um, he's an awesome guy, um, you know, and, I, and I'm thankful, I'm privileged to have had any influence in his life. It's so. really good. And I think that it is, um, this conversation is needed. Yeah, absolutely. I think for single moms who have young sons, for them to see, you know, and you're not an end result, I hate to call you that, mm-hmm. but just to see that you came from a single parent household. Yeah. Yeah. And how you've been able to find success in your life and yeah. then also give back. And give back. Yeah, um, that's the important so, piece as well. Right. Right. You are a person of hope, you know, for mm-hmm. single moms who have their sons that say, I don't even know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that, you know, there's a path that your child might go on. But the prayer is so important. That, and I always true. say community is important as well, yeah, Chris, yeah. Um, making sure that there's a community, making sure there's a village, but then also 
not thinking that we as mothers can teach our sons how to be man necessarily, mm-hmm. a men, men or man, um, but just to find that other person that upstanding man, you yeah, know, to yeah. be a mentor. I certainly feel like there are values and there there are mm-hmm. morals and beliefs that a mom can teach a son. I absolutely believe mm-hmm. that. You know, I don't discount that at all. But again, I feel like there are certain things that only a man can teach a boy. That a woman, mm-hmm. just because of your makeup, our makeup, you know, it, it wasn't designed that way. You know, I feel like, and and you know, that's another story. And I don't want to get in there. I'm not a, a sexist. I don't believe that women are inferior yeah. to, to men. You know, I don't I don't believe that at all. But I believe in um, order. Um, I believe in divine order. Um, and there was just certain things that I think were built and established um, to be a certain right. way. You know, um, and I don't care how much we we say that, oh, she can do, you know. Yeah, you can, but when it comes down to the order of God and how things are supposed to be, you know, um, I think we still have to put things into perspective, you know. Um, and it doesn't devalue who the mom is. It doesn't make right. her less powerful. It doesn't make her weak, you know, um, because there are certain things that she can't show her son. It doesn't. It's just I feel like a part of who we are. It's a part of who we are, you know, um, that there are things that only a man can teach a teach a boy. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, and God will provide that person. God will provide, God will put those people around you, you know, and, and surround your son. Because nowadays you really have to be careful about who your your kids are around, you know. Um, That's so, true. But, but when you pray and ask God to send that person and you realize that, okay, God, I yield. I, I don't want to try to do it all myself. You know, um, I think that's when he'll bring in that that community, that village um, that we right. so need. And I think, you know, one of the strategies that I've implemented anytime and, you know, you mm-hmm. know me, of course, because I was lived in Greenville. Yeah. But finding that community within the church, mm-hmm. you know, and then within that church community, start asking people yeah. if yeah. they would be mentors. So I was I have been so bold to ask. Okay. I would observe, yeah. you know. A man in the church, and you should, and I would ask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would observe first, and and I would ask to see um, if they were open and willing. And um, moving here, and of course, I'm in Atlanta. Culture is a little different, yeah. But um, the strategy for me, and this might be something for um, a single mom, is to go to the school and be open and honest. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've always done within the first month of the school starting. I always request a parent-teacher meeting with mm-hmm. all of the teachers so they know who I am. Mm-hmm. And then I express, you know, um, the things that I look for in my son to be brought out, you know, um, some of the future aspirations, some, you know, to let them know that I know my son. And if there is someone that can take him under his wing, um, as far as a man, you know, who can be a mentor, a teacher, a coach or whatever, I, I'm not um, afraid to ask for that. And that's good. And, and that's so, good. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that I've had to do because I've I've realized how important it is. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, I can talk to him about all this stuff and think that I can talk to him about men, you know, adolescent things, and, <laughs> um, you know, what it's like to date and, and stuff like that. But I know that there's that part of what he needs, you know, is, is still something he needs. Yeah, he needs. Um, and I can't replace that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I even talked to his father and just kind of say, okay, these are some of the things that he might be struggling with. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk to him, you guys can have that one-on-one yeah. or you just take Isaiah and I'll keep Ayana here <laughs> and you guys have your, you know, father, son, son yeah, time. So, time, yeah. right, right. Cause it's important. It's yeah. important. So yeah. for anybody that's out there, um, if you have a good relationship with your um, the parent of your children, you know, being able to be open to engage in those conversations of what your child needs is important, Absolutely. but also, you know, church schools, yeah. there's so many mentorship programs out yeah. there. Like you mentioned, Chris. Yeah. Um, so I think that this is an amazing conversation. Um, gosh, I feel like there's so much more that we can talk about I feel the same way. I feel the same right. way. I mean, we can go yeah, in so I, many different directions yeah. when we talk about what is the responsibility of a woman versus a man and, oh, man. and how there, to raise so them, much, but we're, so we're not going to, yeah. 
We're not so going to go there. So that means you have to invite me back to talk about some of this stuff. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> so definitely, because, you know, one of the things that is important um, for me, and like I mentioned earlier, is just the bias that mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. as a single parent when yeah. it comes to my children being in a school. Mm-hmm. And because you are a principal of a school, mm-hmm. you probably have seen some things, oh, yeah. experienced some things. Um, and I think that your input will be key for single parents to really find their voice, yeah. um, to advocate for their children. That's right. That's so, right. so we're going to have that conversation, All folks. Right. That is going to be something that we're going to do. I'm going to hold you to it. Oh yeah. You know, you know, um, look, you're my ace in the hole. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I, I'm there. I'm right no, there. But, um, but really, I definitely honor you. I think that you, you just, um, You've done so much for the mm. community uh, where you live and probably even surrounding. So, um, so I'm excited for the things that you have going on well, and, you. Um, and how like, you're just likewise, influencing. Likewise, yeah, you know, I'm excited I, I'm about you, how you. I mean, <laughs> you're showing how you just picked up and you know unashamedly, you know, because sometimes you know single moms, yeah, some, they're ashamed and they don't want to talk about some of the struggles that they Correct. face as single moms, but. I love that you didn't allow pride to get in the way and that you're helping so many, um, so many women, um, all across our yeah. world, all across our world, yeah. not just country all across our world, you know, well, so thank um, you for that. So I pray that God continues to enlarge your territory and, you know, give you opportunities and open doors that, you know, um, prayed on it, Chris, yeah, prayed yeah, on hey, it. Hey, <laughs> you open doors that, you know, that, yeah. you know, most people feel like you couldn't go through because of who you are. You know, um, a black single mom, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I just pray that, you know, he opens those doors and he continues a larger territory. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think this yeah. is the reason why I wanted to have this podcast for sure, mm-hmm. because um, I feel like this is a space where I can tell the truth yeah. and nothing but the truth. Right. <laughs> uh, good, bad, ugly, as far as even my stories, my experiences, but also provide strategies, tools things that I've done that have worked yeah. and then bring people on such as yourself mm-hmm. to talk about your experiences. Yeah, yeah. Cause in the end we want to bring hope, you yeah, know, and this is yeah. not just for single moms, it's for single fathers as well. Yeah. Um, because there are single fathers out there that are raising their children on their own. Right. And, um, and even though we're in, um, 2021 at mm-hmm. this time of this podcast, there's still that stigma. There is that just rubs me wrong, yeah. and I'm just like, okay, let me be a voice if I you can. Are. You are a voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's the reason why I'm doing this. So, gosh, I appreciate you. Oh, I man. want you to be able to let us know if anybody is interested in following Chris, mm-hmm. um, the things that he's doing. Um, what is it? Bolt Leadership is that what it's you're doing? Your consultation. Yeah, Bold Leadership yes. Consultants. That's the name of our um, our our company, um, consulting company. Um, but you can follow me on uh, Facebook at Chris McCants M C C A N T S. Um, what is it? Instagram at Professor underscore Noop N U P E O seven. I'm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. So follow Chris because he is a principal. He uh, mentors and he gives back to the community. Um, he is a voice. He is necessary um, in this time and um, just amazing person overall. So, oh, Chris, thanks. thank you so yeah, much. I feel honored. And <laughs> this is the stop. <laughs> yeah, I feel honored. This is the end of this episode of Candidly Single Mom, where we focus on growing up in a single parent household. I've got some other guests that will be coming next time. So stay tuned. I've got a great surprise a little bit later down the road. Um, a guest that is um, twisting their arm to come. So you'll get to see who that is or hear who that is. But of course, I want you to subscribe, follow um, this podcast, subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on social media, Janine Elizabeth. Um, All social media, that's Facebook, Instagram, that is LinkedIn, and you're going to get some information there as it pertains to single parents, because that is truly my heart to be able to equip, empower, encourage single parents across the globe. And that is my mandate. That is my purpose. So until next time, you all have a great afternoon, evening, day, whatever time it is, wherever you are. And we're going to see you the next time. Take care. Bye.